ESPN. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer filling in for Susan Littlefield today on the Rural Radio Network. Well, it is time to talk markets. And, of course, today we welcome Don Rose. He's with U.S. Commodities based in West Des Moines, Iowa. Don, thanks for joining us here today. First of all, just a quick rundown on the markets. You know, they say there's, uh, on the grain side of things, there's always uh, one in the crowd. And today it was soybeans that had a little bit of strength up, uh, you know, 10 to 12 give or take, a little weaker in the corn today, a little uh, weaker in the wheat as well. All three exchanges uh, ended just slightly lower here. First of all, just give us kind of your take on today's markets. What were the major movers? What had the most influence today? Yeah, you bet, Chad. Glad to be back with uh, you. Uh, You know, overall, I think that's right. The soybeans were the leader to the upside today. Of course, yesterday it was the soybeans that were the leader to the downside uh, with the risk-off type of trade prevailing in a lot of commodities with the uh, concern with the Chinese real estate firm that, you know, had some financial issues. But, um, you know, I think the dominant issue is the uh, harvest coming at us. Uh, Corn harvest is gaining momentum. Uh, the uh, 10% of the corn's harvested, 6% of the soybeans harvested as of Sunday night. That's really going to pick up with the uh, uh, dry conditions. And the uh, outlook for the weather looks like for the next two weeks basically going to be uh, dry across the corn belt. So that's going to be a fast harvest. I had some quick dry down, which is concerning uh, for some of the yield results and the disease. But I think it's harvest time, uh, Chad. Normally we get into a seasonal slump here. If the supplies are there, we're still trying to sort that out as we go forward. But uh, it's not a disaster crop. It's just a matter of how close uh, do we get to last year's yield or well above it. So that's the question mark. All right. Let's take a few of these and talk about them a little bit more in depth. And, uh, you know, kind of a holdover from yesterday. And being that China's on a holiday here as we speak, you know, interesting that that uh, uh, the the problems of that real estate firm had such a, a wide impact yesterday. But do you think the markets kind of shook that off? That's kind of a short term thing, do you think, Don? You know, I think, Chad, I think we don't know. And I think that's why the, uh, you know, continued today with a little bit of evening up ahead of the uh, China stock market and their uh, grain markets have been closed here for two days for a holiday. But they will begin trading tonight. And I think that's going to be one of the influences tomorrow when we uh, start trading in China uh, is their stock market. Does it come under uh, pressure? Uh, the Chinese have added a lot of liquidity. Uh, to the banking system to kind of hold things together. Uh, how widespread is it? Yesterday, the trade was worried about a, uh, a world economic uh, issue. Uh, today, the trade is uh, kind of under the belief that China has added some liquidity to the banking system. Things are going to be uh, back more to normal, but we'll see tonight. Um, you know, so that's an influence. You don't need that kind of thing when we're the black swan, if you will, right as we're beginning a harvest here in, across the Midwest. Yeah, and let's pick up on that thought too, Don. Uh, these early harvest results that have been coming in, and you know, we we should know better. We we should see this coming, right? You get such wide variations in the estimates of what's being harvested early on. What are you hearing at this point? Yeah, you know, and that's right, Chad. It's been all over the board. I mean, you know, we've had some uh, real dry issues, drought areas, as we know, up in the northern plains and parts of the other corn belt. You know, and then we've had some uh, rain in some of the areas late. 
Um, I think the big thing that we're running into is early, uh, particularly in uh, Illinois, lower test weight disease problems. But then when you get into, you know, Indiana, Ohio, yields seem to be, uh, you know, big. Um, you get into, you know, Iowa and uh, Minnesota. Uh, it seems like actually it boils down to the soil types for the yield. So I think the real question mark is uh, what is the yield? And it's just a little bit too early to tell. Uh, certainly is not a disaster. It's just a matter of can we meet the government estimates when they're taking one, saying 176 and a half bushels per acre, um, or is it going to get closer to last year 172? And the bulls and bears are on both sides of that coin. Same thing with the beans. Are we going to be under 50 bushels an acre, or are we going to be closer to 51? Uh, bulls on bears are on both sides of the coin there too. But I think for right now, you have to respect the seasonals. You have to respect the fact that we still have some uh, prices that are fairly uh, decent historically, uh, and you can look at some risk management. And actually, even in the next year, uh, Chad, with these uh, high price uh, uh, input costs that we have, and and that's going to be another issue as we move forward. Yeah, we'll talk about that in our second segment here coming up in a few minutes about some of the action plans and some of the things that we can do in response to that. But you brought up a topic, too, and that is the seasonals. You know, are are we going to have a typical fall where we're in a harvest slide or are we going to see a repeat of last fall based on what you're seeing in the market and kind of the chitter chatter? What's your take on that today, Don? Well, you know, and that's exactly right. Last year, you went contra seasonal. The yield got less. The demand got bigger. And uh, that's a contra-seasonal. It looks like right now the way you have to start is that you go into the seasonal slide, and uh, that's what you have to anticipate, And then, which means uh, yields are going to be there. Uh, demand slows down. Uh, and then as uh, you know, the market slides, if it does, then we'll see if the yield is actually there. But I think you start out that way and then subject to change depending on how these yields go. But nine times out of ten, uh, seasonalities dictate the market and uh, seasonals are down right now, Chad. Right quickly, how is basis holding in as we get uh, up, uh, further and further closer to harvest? Well, you know, and that's the uh, big thing. I mean, in the northern plains, the basis levels are on soybeans, for example, are just uh, even uh, option. Usually they're, uh, we'll say, 60 to 80 under uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, loading out a lot of soybeans to China with the Gulf problem. But overall, across the Midwest, basis levels are tighter uh, than historical norms. And the producer, it looks like, is going to close the door here on any sales as we move forward unless this market rallies. All right, very good. Thanks again. Uh, Don Rose with U.S. Commodities, uh, West Des Moines, Iowa. We'll come back with part two, and we'll uh, finish up our discussion on uh, the grains, get an update from South America, talk about livestock, today's cattle and hog markets as well, coming up in our second segment. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, our dealers make the difference in the products we sell. Here's Fontenelle dealer Kevin Callwhite from Humphrey, Nebraska. We've had wonderful success. We do a lot of field trials, side-by-sides, and test plots to help fine-tune products for our customers' specific needs. I have peace of mind knowing that next year's products will be selected and tested by someone that knows our farms and knows our area, and that's Fontenelle. For more, visit Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labels. RVN. RVN. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, again filling in for Susan Littlefield here today as we continue to visit with Don Rose at U.S. Commodities, West Des Moines, Iowa. Don, let's finish up our conversation on the grains. Uh, looking south of the equator, Australia, Brazil, uh, Argentina, wh- what's the latest, first of all, in South America? Uh, are they making some progress on planting or is it pretty e- early in their season yet? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at it, Chad, uh, the focus from a weather standpoint is definitely starting to switch from North America to South America, you know, particularly with the open harvest, and it looks like not going to have an early end to the growing season with the cold temperatures here. So what's happening in South America, Brazil is about 22% harvested are planted on their first uh, corn crop. Um, It's uh, dry at the present time, so planting in drier soils. But do have some moisture coming in the central and the uh, the western part of Brazil. Of course, a big uh, country over there. But uh, usually the soybean planting gets more aggressive as we get into the beginning of October, which, of course, isn't that far away. And uh, the rainy season picks up. So uh, that looks like good news. Argentina, favorable uh, weather for their wheat growing area. Australia, also some good growing conditions here had some favorable rain for their wheat and it looks like china is going to have a large uh, record large uh, corn crop uh in their country so uh, that's kind of it around the world here from a, a weather standpoint and harvest standpoint so bottom line don what are you saying on um on the grain action plan what are some things that we should be looking at uh you know as as we get closer to harvest and uh, again looking at uh, at least getting some dollar numbers on some bushels here well, you know, I think when you look at it, basis levels are uh, stronger than they historically are. So take a look. If the basis is giving you a signal to make some cash sales and and take ownership another way, don't lose sight of that. The other thing I think when you look at, you know, the uh, margins that we have this year, you have more flexibility uh, than you're going to have for next year. The input costs going up greatly. So when you're looking at risk management, make sure that you look at uh, the numbers that you have for new crop corn around $5.00. New crop soybeans are running around uh, twelve fifty. So historically, those have been good numbers. Our inputs are going to be uh, uh, large. So uh, there are some things that you have to protect when you're at these mid to high prices. Make sure you uh, look at some marketing plans. All right, let's switch over to livestock and catch up on the uh, cattle and the hogs. First of all, on the cattle, live cattle, feeder cattle. At least the deferreds looks like uh, those values came back a little today, huh? Yeah, you know, yesterday it was just a risk-off trade with the uh, Chinese real estate firm having some issues like we uh, talked in the first segment. And, you know, the cattle market uh, shrugged off that, came back yesterday. That's a good sign. means that we probably have a lot Everything of this, for the uh, day negativeness ahead. kind of dialed into the market here. We've been on a big slide. We broke the market about $11 a hundredweight on the futures and then came back. The real issue is we build in too much premium, too much optimism in the futures market. We rang that out now. The uh, cash cattle market's just been stuck, Chad. You know, it's been stuck for three months, and that's been a big issue. Uh, Packer margins still uh, running during that three-month time frame, 700 to to $1,000 a head. So, But you look forward. It looks like the, uh, the beef demand after three weeks starts to pick up. Numbers on cattle start to uh, tighten up as we go forward into the fourth quarter and next year. And cattle on feed report on Friday is uh, going to show us, you know, probably no total cattle on feed numbers down 2%. So, you know, we do have numbers tightening up compared to a year ago. Okay. All right. How about over on the hogs? Uh, it's kind of an export story on the hog side of things, too, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, the hog market is uh, just the opposite of the cattle almost. We have big discounts in the market just anticipating that um, the cash market's going to come under pressure where the cattle were anticipating that the cash market firms up. Uh, the reason is is because the Chinese hogs are sitting at the lowest prices in the world, and the U.S. Uh, hogs are sit- on the cash are sitting at the highest price. So, you know, we're trying to say in the futures market that we're going to break here seasonally with weights going up, numbers going up, demand slide a little bit from China. So, but the cash market hasn't been dropping as fast as the futures. So we break in the futures and then we come back a bit. So um, expect that to continue in narrowing that basis. All right. Very good. Don, it's always good to talk to you. Uh, An opportunity for you. How can we get a hold of you if we want to talk a little bit about what's happening in the markets these days? How can we follow along, uh, make contact, things of that nature? You bet, Chad. Can reach us here at U.S. Commodities in West Des Moines at 1-800-247-4071. All right. Very good. Don, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the Fontenelle Final Bell today, okay? Thank you very much, Chad. Again, we've been visiting with Don Rose from U.S. Commodities based in West Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, like you said, give them a call, uh, seek them out. Uh, They'd definitely be willing to work with you. Great uh, market insights there here on the final bell today. Just a reminder, commodity futures do involve substantial risk of loss. They might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, filling in for Susan Littlefield, I'm Chad. Add Moyer.